Hello, I'm Clarissa Medina from dreambookproject.com. I'm the official podcast host for Freedom Summit Global. We are getting to know the international and local speakers for Freedom Summit Global. These speakers are gathering to show us how to live a life of total freedom where we are not shackled by time, money, or location. Right now, we are joined by a very special guest. He is an adventure blogger, photographing the world, eating good food, and helping travelers everywhere. On the road for over four years, he has been to um, 48 countries. And to help fellow travelers follow their dreams, he started skytravels.com, which now has over 130,000 visitors. He's always looking for the next great adventure. We are featuring Sky Class. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Sky, um, before we dive in into the questions that I sent you um, earlier, I hope you don't mind that I throw in a few other questions. Not at all. Because <laughs> uh, I read about um, I, I visited skytravels.com and some stuff got me curious. Mm -hmm. um, like, for example, um, you mentioned there that you were dreaming of travel for a long time. But then yeah. you only started in 2014. Is that right? That's correct. So what what was what happened in 2014? <laughs> what was was the what was the turning point all about? Uh, it's actually funny you asked that. It's a story that I've never completely told, but kind of the highlights are I was working in a business in Hollywood for actually quite a few years, mm -hmm. and it was something I really enjoyed. I had a very strong purpose of you know helping people and things like that, mm -hmm. but it just got to the point where the barriers that I was running into were starting outweigh the freedoms of what I was able to do in the business. Uh, I've been a teacher and uh, counselor and various different things, but I was starting to struggle with uh, different regulations and things that just made it difficult for me to, um, you know, help people and uh, make a difference, essentially. Uh. And... You know, at one point, I had actually been offered the opportunity to become the CEO of the business at the London branch, which was kind of a dream come true to me. And then that fell through. And, you know, I actually went into all the different training that I needed to, to become the CEO. And when that fell through, it was like, well, what, you know, what other option did I have? And it wasn't even uh, falling through for something on my end. Uh, some other people within my area of the business had... Um, essentially messed up and I had to cover their positions while they went through correction. Mm -hmm. I then um, found out that the opportunity to be the CEO was no longer available, but to be the C CFO, the finance officer, was a possibility. Yeah. So I went then went into extensive financial training um, mm -hmm. on all the things I would need to do to be, to be the CFO, mm -hmm. only to have that fall through where I was needed for something else. And I went, you know what, I'm tired of living my life on someone else's terms, you know, mm -hmm. to kind of be at the beck and call of um, 
another group where it, you know it's very nice to have a group at your back to help you with various things so you're not trying to be a one-man band but at the same time there were too many restrictions so finally one day I sat down and I went, okay, what do I want to do? Where are my strengths? Where are my skills? What have I been successful at in the past? And also, what do I want to do with my life? What are my goals? And also, what are my purposes as different than my goal? Yeah. You know, a goal of mine was to travel the world, but my purpose was really just to help as many people as I could through different things that I had studied and become uh, successful at. So I finally put them all together. What were my skills? I was good at writing. I was good at computers. My dream was to travel the world, and my pur purpose was to help others. And I just kind of put everything together and went, okay, travel blogger. Ah, so that's how it was born. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I see that you were... Um, you seem to be what I call a jack of all trades. Because, <laughs> yeah, I was reading your site and you seem to, da to have dabbled in a lot of things. And you also mentioned yeah. it right just now that you're using it to help a lot of people. Can you share more about that? I did. I, I actually left school when I was 14. Uh, basically to kind of study on my own on different subjects rather than sit in a classroom setting and just get information in order to pass a test or try to memorize. I wanted to study in a way that I would actually use the information. So I started working. In fact, my first jobs was when I was 13 years old. I was doing data programming and um, landscaping construction work. Um, and then by the time I was 15, I was working in events in Hollywood, uh, working with a publication house, all kinds of different things. Um, and because I didn't really stick to the same job year after year, I can't really say I became great at any one thing, mm -hmm. but I did learn quite a few different subjects and skills and mm -hmm. got good at them. Um, I would say the one I, I worked in the longest was teaching. I've been a teacher since uh, the year 2000, so almost 20 years now. And I've kind of honed my skills uh, as a teacher to a very uh, high level, um, which I enjoy. You know, I, I love teaching English or any subject for that matter. But it definitely was um, a very interesting life of different subjects and skills. Yeah, <laughs> I see. Um, uh, another question I have is um, on travel blogging. Mm -hmm. um, you do adventure blogging, right? But yeah, yeah. Um, how would you advise other people who who want to get into the blogging business? I asked this of Ricky Shetty before, but I bet you have a different answer. So my question is, it seems like a, like a chicken and egg thing. Like, um, you need to have a lot of followers in order to get partners on board. But, um, but yeah, so like, parang, how do you even start growing 
the the number of followers when you're starting from scratch? Mm -hmm. that, that's an excellent question. It, uh, there's a few different parts to that answer. Uh, first of all, I want to actually get rid of the idea that you have to have um, a huge number of followers in order to get partnerships and brand deals and stuff like that. Um, there are two sides of a social, um, you know, an opinion leader, someone who's, you know, you have this word bouncing around an influencer, someone who influences the ideas of another. Another way to that would just be an opinion leader, someone who other people respect and follow. And there's two different types of opinion leaders. One would be the opinion leader that um, 10, you know, 10,000, 100,000, a million, 10 million people listen to, yeah. and it's a matter of quantity, how many. Yeah. There's another opinion leader who is, it's more about quality. It's, you know, if you, um, uh, I don't know, you, you, you like to exercise, yeah. And there's one person on YouTube that you're always listening to. Like, that is your person. Mm -hmm. And if they say, do your exercises this way, you're going to follow them. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's that. And if they say, buy this book, you're going to buy that book. Mm -hmm. So then it comes down to you could have, you know, a million followers who kind of listen to you and enjoy your videos. And, you know, maybe a small portion of them will buy your book when you say, buy my book. Or you might have a hundred followers and you say buy my book and a hundred followers buy your book. Mm -hmm. So it's really balancing out the quantity and the quality. Um, when you're dealing with brands, some brands look at the quantity and some brands look at the quality. Some brands look at both. Mm -hmm. um, but there is no one, you know, you, there's no number involved. It's... Mm -hmm. Uh, Casey Neistat actually did a great video on this, the uh, famous YouTuber. And he was talking about, you know, he's got, I think, 10 million followers as compared to PewDiePie, who's got 81 million followers or subscribers. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, they're numbers, but it's also, you know, what he terms, and there actually used to be a website called this, and it's clout. Mm -hmm. It's how many people actually listen to you. And I've actually helped coach bloggers who had, you know, only one or 2,000 followers. But they actually had very good clout. And I was able to help them get connected with different brands, tourism boards, et cetera, to have um, very successful partnerships. And it's, it's what it comes down to is what you can provide. It's the level of exchange, something for something. You know, there's some brands who want to offer, you know, offer you a 20% discount with what you would usually charge $500, $1,000, for, and you go, well, I'm sorry, but a $15 discount is not worth, you know, $5,000 worth of my time and skills. Mm -hmm. At the same time, some bloggers want a $4,000 hotel stay for, you know, uh, photographs that will go out to potentially 10,000 people. You know, maybe they have a, a following of a million people, but they're only getting 10,000 impressions. Yeah. You know, there's so many different sides, and there isn't really any right or wrong or black and white. It's, it's a lot of different factors. 
Um, and then the other side, yes, <laughs> sorry. But essentially it's, um, so even if they cannot offer the quantity yet, they might be able to offer the quality, is that right? Absolutely, so mm -hmm. you might have, and a lot of people put an arbitrary figure, a figure kind of just based on a whim, at 1,000. If you've got 1,000 quality followers mm -hmm. that you are actually changing their ideas or they're listening to what you say yeah. or they're buying your book, that is, you've made it. And then your other, the other side of your question was how do you get into that? How do you get started? Yes. And there's, I tell people there's two sides of it. You can either kind of work part-time or even full-time at another job while you make money and work part-time at blogging. You look at people like um, Jody Edinburgh of Legal Nomads or many different bloggers, uh, even Rick Shetty of the popular uh, travel books. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not Rick Shetty. Um, <laughs> I thought it's Rick Shetty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused. Um, and I nodded. <laughs> Now I can't think of the guy's name, but it's the guy who writes these major travel uh, books. Oh, um, um, is it Jay Shetty? No, I think his first name is Rick. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, um, uh, I'm just Rick Steves. There we go. Rick Steves uh, travel books. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe he's actually a professor in New York for three or six or nine months out of the year. And then he goes and travels and write some of the most well-known travel books in the world. But he's also got this full-time job. Mm -hmm. So there's two sides. You can either work partly or full-time at a job, make the money, and then invest that into building up your travel blog through you know, promotion, Facebook ads, all the different kinds of things that would, you'd actually need to pay for. Paying for branding and a uh, logo and all that kind of stuff. Or you can save up a huge portion of money and then just go out full time and just kind of put all that effort in full time into building up, you know, writing an article every other day or every day as some do or the daily vlogging, you know, just um, when you do that daily vlogging or daily posting on whatever medium you're doing, whatever you know, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, they do favor you and they will actually help to promote you even more. Then there's the third way, which is the way I did it, which was to start with no money to go out and full time just try to make it happen. Yeah. And it does work to a degree and you just start with friends and family. You know, I printed out business cards and, you know, which was a little odd, but I was just giving business cards to everyone I met in my travels and encouraging them to come to my website and slowly building up my followers and learning more things and learning how to promote and use tribes on Pinterest and different things. And it does slowly snowball, maybe not as fast as the people who are investing a lot of money, but it is doable. So there's a few now different Now you have around over 90,000. Is that still updated? 90,000 social media followers? About 50,000 social media followers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, fifty, fifty thousand. Sorry, I got the wrong one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was referring to the um, the previous number on the visitors. That's where I got the yeah. wrong. Um, all right, so let's dive into the questions I sent you. Okay. 
um, Freedom Summit. What does freedom mean to you personally? That's a that's a great question, and it's um, I actually mentioned earlier. You know, in my in my job, I had the um, kind of the imbalance of freedoms and barriers, and essentially, a freedom is a lack of barriers. You know, it's the ability to whether you have the freedom. You know, you look at. Um, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, written by Eleanor Roosevelt in the 19, I think, late 1940s or early 1950s, mm -hmm. which is kind of the basic premise of the UN, the United Nations, mm -hmm. and it's the 30 human rights, you know, the freedom of movement, the freedom of speech, and it's literally just the ability to speak, the ability to move around the world, uh, freedom of religion, freedom of um, you know, all these different things. And so freedom is just the ability to, as contrasted at, uh, with a barrier, a restriction or a lack of ability to. And you, you know, there can be many different freedoms. There could also be, you know, you look at a freedom of, you know, you could have a negative freedom, the freedom to kill. That's not necessarily a good freedom, but it's still, by definition, a freedom. So sometimes you have to balance out freedoms and barriers. All, you know, absolute freedom, the freedom to do anything, is not a good thing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, but sometimes you need to, you know, there's always the concept of ethics, the ability to choose between right and wrong. The freedom to kill a man is not a good freedom. But the freedom to kill a man who's about to himself kill 10,000 people is a good freedom. And if you're restricted to stop someone from killing 10,000 people, you, you see, now you're getting into, yeah. now we're, we're almost getting into philosophy and ethics yeah. and other subjects. Yes. <laughs> um. So it's an ability to, as, as opposed to um, a barrier to. Exactly, an inability to. Yeah. An, inability. You know, an inability to anything, to do anything. All right. Um, the second question I have for you, it seems jumpy because it's, it, it sounds like a totally different topic. But um, going back to what we were talking about earlier, travel blogging, and um, being a success at adventure blogging. What strategies did you create to become successful? Um, wow, that's a very large question. Um, but even to tie it into, you know, freedoms and barriers, I kind of looked at what I was capable of doing at the beginning. You know, my first year, I had very little money, but I discovered work away and house sitting and volunteering. So I traveled the world and, you know, lived in hostels and where I would work for a couple hours a day for a bed to sleep in, uh, you know, found cheap meals and worked with companies that were more amenable to kind of entry level bloggers and kind of simple tours, you know, uh, or I did, I did free walking tours and wrote about those and built up um, 
A, kind of built up the number of articles I had on my website, but I also really developed my own style, both my writing style, my design of my articles, how I did my SEO, you know, really just learning how to put that blog together, which was great. You know, it was a year of, uh, of learning while I went through 35 different countries. Now I'm kind of, you know, very consistent on how I write my articles. Um, you know, I put a lot more effort into them. I probably would hammer out an article in one or two hours back then. And now I look at them, I'm like, oh boy, okay, so let me go back and redo this article with some better photos and better grammar and, you know, better SEO, a Pinterest image. You know, a lot more effort goes into each or one of my articles. Let's see. So you were creative, especially at the start, with how you were going to make it work. Yeah, it was really, a, it was a year of my learning curve. Yeah, and, and you built skills along the way, uh, doing, developing your style, your writing style. Yeah, and one other thing that really helped a lot was going to conferences all around the world. Um, mm -hmm. Three main conferences I attend are TBEX, the Travel Blogger Exchange, mm -hmm. Trablin, which is a newer conference, which stands for Travel Bloggers and Influencers, mm -hmm. and the Traverse Conference, the conference for uh, also for influencers and travel bloggers. And now you're speaking at one. <laughs> yes, I actually did speak at a uh, Trablin conference last year, and now we have the Freedom Summit, which also focuses more on um, not just you know influencers and and uh, travel bloggers, but anyone who wants to remote uh, to work remotely and yes. independently. So it's a more of a broad range of um, people, anyone, you know, there's so many businesses who are just wasting money paying for office space uh, when their employees could easily work anywhere in the world while still providing the exact same services. Yeah, it's a, it's a traditional way of doing things. Mm -hmm. um, Freedom Summit is actually like, like a digital nomad summit, right? So, um, what tips do you have for someone who wants to live this digital nomad lifestyle? Um, a lot of tips. It really comes down to, you know, it, for me, you know, the same thing that I did at the beginning, look at what you want to do, look at what's best for you, take into account, you know, it's not just you, it's also your business. But look at, you know, maybe you can actually save your business money by working remotely and not, you know, not making your business pay, um, you know, crazy sums of money just for you to be able to, you know, get to work in the morning. Um, you know, like I know one person who works for a major company in London lives only 45 minutes outside of London, but it costs the company, the company pays for their transportation, and it's 4,000 pounds, about $5,500 a year, just for the person to take the train into work every morning. Yeah, so much time and money lost. Exactly. So, you know, maybe an employee can go, hey, look, I can save you $5,500 a year. Just let me work at home. You know, I'll be on call. I'll, you know, it's the exact same functions. They are the accountants. So all their work is on the computer anyway. 
there's no reason why they can't work in um, location independent. Anywhere um, the world is slowly getting there, or not slowly, mm -hmm. but yeah, getting there. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and there's always going to be positions, you know, the storefront, storefront clerk, the receptionist, uh, you know, the doctors and lawyers, you know, they can't necessarily work independently, but there are plenty of positions, and especially in the digital age, all the things that can be done from a computer can be done remotely, most of the things. Hey, the Freedom Summit is being planned. I mean, so many work is being done remotely for this one. Mm -hmm. um, digital nomads travel a lot. So, and you've been to 48 countries. Yeah. So what's your favorite travel story? Oh, um. <laughs> I, I honestly can't think of like one that tops the rest, um, you know, because I'm always getting new stories. I love the feeling of going into a new culture and seeing something that I didn't expect. Um, one of my favorite things is really the um, essentially seeing the best values in humanity. You know, I mean, I say that Scotland is my favorite country in the world. Excuse me. But at the same time, the one thing I don't like about Scotland is how everyone loves to drink and is always getting drunk. You know, they say there are no hangovers in Scotland because they're still drunk and, you know, they just start drinking first thing in the morning. They're always drinking. Okay. Um, but you, you know, or you go to a country like Albania and, you know, many people think of Albania like, you know, the movie Taken with Liam Neeson. Oh, it's so dangerous and whatever. Yet Albania had some of the, the most friendly people I've met in all my travels. Or you think of, you know, the Middle East, um, or very close to the Middle East, uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai. And many people go, oh, it's, you know, it's the Muslims, whatever that, you know, is supposed to, you know, give a connotation. I, you can go into Abu Dhabi, put your passport wallet and phone down on a park bench and come down, come by two hours later and pick it up. Wow. <laughs> and people would not think yeah, about that. But that is, <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very safe and secure country. Yes, there is some crime there. There is no country in the world that doesn't have crime. Mm -hmm. But crime is not related to a country. Crime is related to this, being human. Mm. And it does not, not restricted to countries, religions, cultures or anything else. Crime is just um, an incorrect feature in the mind and can be fixed, or not necessarily fixed, but rehabilitated in any human just to correct their sense of right and wrong, ethics. Mm, yeah. But it's not fixed by not traveling to a certain country or avoiding a certain religion. On the contrary, um I remember what I remember the story that that Ricky mentioned that that traveling allowed him to see so much beauty in the world. Mm -hmm. on, the, on the contrary, traveling could actually help in an indirect way solve these 
problems because it creates connections between people, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. You get to see, the, you get to understand other cultures besides your the ones that you're the one that you're used to. Yeah, one of my favorite things actually is to take. Uh, you know, fellow Americans all around the world or people from England or, you know, any country and show them the difference of other countries. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, I was taking my brother around Thailand and was constantly noticing things in Thailand where America could improve. And he's going, wow, you know, that's, you think of America being the greatest country. It's not at all. And you look at things in Thailand that are better than America. We could all we could all learn from each other. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next question for you is very dear to me because mm -hmm. I'm in the business of helping people achieve their dreams in my way, in my own way. <laughs> um, what should someone do to make his or her dreams come true? Um. <laughs> Do you have a few hours? <laughs> <laughs> um, just summarize. <laughs> Which, I mean, I used to teach business and, you know, how to be successful, and there's so many sides of it. One great little thing that you can do is um, if you find that you're having trouble making things happen, making things go right, yeah. There's a great little thing that you can do. It only takes a few minutes, but you make a list of all the places in your life that you are successful. You know, um, you're good at cooking. You're good at um, getting up when you want to in the morning and getting your yoga in. Um, you, know, you, you basically make a list of all the places that you're actually able to um, make your own decisions, essentially, and not... You, you know, you're not struggling. And then you make a list of all the places that you are struggling. The, all the things that, you know, oh, I can't, I can never parallel park. And I can never, um, I can't talk to my mom. You know, it always is frustrating when I try to talk to my mom. And I can't figure out Facebook. You know, all the different things. And then you take that list and you look at all the things that you can do with each of those individual points to move them from being unsuccessful over to being successful. And you just break it down and you look at each little aspect of that. And, you know, maybe there's something like, oh, there's nothing I can do to, <laughs> that I can be successful at that point. Fine, move on to the next point. And then you just, and then as you become more successful, then you're able to look at the other things that you weren't able to fix, and then you can you know, look at those from a more successful attitude. Another thing, um, which is what I did when I left my job four years ago, was looking at several different aspects. Look at purposes, and many people get purposes and goals and uh, plans confused. You know, what do you want, what's your purpose? Oh, I wanna make a lot of money. Well, that's a great plan. What's oh, that's a great goal. Why? Why? What's your purpose? Why do you want to do that? And how are you going to do it to achieve that? What's your plan? What are you good at? How can you achieve that? What, what are your statistics and 
what have you been able to achieve in the past? Um, you know, what products can you create that lead to that goal? You know, are you a writer? Can you make an ebook? Are you a, you know, as a, you know, an independent traveler, are you a tattoo artist? You know, I know someone who travels the world posting up a sign every night at the different hostels that she stays, stays, stays at saying that I have an hour tonight to deliver a tattoo. My fee is $100. Mm -hmm. You know, you give me the, the picture, I'll give you the tattoo. And she travels the world making $100 every night or every other night making tattoos. Wow. That's a pretty you know, interesting it is. It's a great job, you know, or a hairdresser or, you know, a chef, the guy who works at different, you know, restaurants or whatever, you know, look at your skills and then put it all together. Maybe your, um, your skill is um, busking, you know, making money on the side of the road, but your goal is to make a ton of money. Okay, you're going to have to start to rethink that because it maybe you can make a ton of money busking, but you're going to have to do it a different way, you know, work with um, companies that want to promote you and, you know, put you in the center of the square in Trafalgar square. And, you know, but doing that in Edinburgh, you actually have to have a permit to busk to make money on the side of the road, all the different aspects, you know, you actually have to start thinking and putting them together and then you can be successful at it. Ah. Did you did you do that? You were you seem I think you were telling the story earlier on. I think you also did that. Mm hmm That's what I did oh, for my own that. life purpose. Yeah. <laughs> um the the next question sounds like a big one. <laughs> what is your mm -hmm. vision for the future? Um, I, I was actually mentioning this to you earlier, but I really want to start um, my own YouTube channel. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, but right now it's mostly just to host the videos that I need for various things that I'm talking about on my blog. But I actually want to make it as an actual channel talking about various subjects. Um, and, you know, and not just one subject, but different kind of um, channels within my whole YouTube um, website, essentially. And also a podcast uh, talking about different things because I have studied a lot of things in my life and I want to kind of impart all of that information to other people. Uh, whether it's, you know, how to travel easier or how to be more successful uh, in any job or how not to be scared or upset when you travel, you know, how to be more confident and um, sure of yourself, how to do public speaking, how to, you know, which all are kind of interconnected. Um, and also featuring, you know, different um, acts of kindness and um, really, you know, times that I've really uh, restored my faith in humanity, seeing people, you know, old ladies that are walking foreigners across the street in Thailand or um, the guy in Albania who closed down his store to give another traveler a lift across town so that they could find their hostel. You know, that would almost never happen in America. You know, where she walked into a store and said, where is this hostel? And he said, wait one second, and then closed his store 
you know, and she was able to trust him enough to get in his car and drive across town to the hostel. Wow, so helpful. <laughs> exactly. So there is, there's a lot of different things like that. And I want to help to essentially impart the information that I've studied to help others with their lives. Um, where can people find you online, Sky? Uh, I was lucky to find a name for my blog that also had the same name across all my social media. Yeah. So my website is Sky Travels. My name is Sky, spelled S-K-Y-E, like the Isle of Sky in Scotland. So it's Sky Travels, S-K-Y-E-T-R-A-V-E-L-S, -E -E with an S at the end. Uh, com, and then that's also the same for my Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, WeChat, WhatsApp, Skype. All of my different social media platforms all have the um, name Sky Travels. Why don't you invite them to Freedom Summit Global? Absolutely. So uh, we have the Freedom Summit coming up, uh, I believe, at the end of March and in April. Uh, it's in five different cities, and I am helping to put on the one in Chiang Mai, Thailand. We chose Chiang Mai because for years, Chiang Mai has been one of the digital nomad capitals of the world. And uh, there's still quite a few living here who and coming in all the time who want to kind of start as a digital nomad. And this will be the summit to give them the information of how to live independently, uh, you know, with any location and kind of have that freedom of movement, freedom of speech or whatever freedom uh, online to kind of follow your dreams. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Great conversation. <laughs> um, we also invite people to like Freedom Summit Global and Freedom Summit Asia on Facebook. Yes, we have the Facebook uh, groups and the events all posted. We have the um, website which gives all the information. You can buy your tickets already and I definitely want to see everyone there. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs>